Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous Special Focus 100 Pounder Meeting. Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of March, 2022, and we're delighted to have our speaker, Harriet H., with us. Uh, not only does uh, Harriet do quite a bit of service for this meeting, um, but um, she's, uh, she's a joy to work with. So uh, Harriet came into OA in January 2021 and lives in London. So it's over to Harriet now to share her experience, strength, and hope. Oh, thank you very much, Paul. Definitely going to return the compliment. Um, so yeah, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for asking me to come and speak today. Um, as Paul said, I, you might recognize me as a newcomer greeter for this meeting and the recovery from relapse meeting on a Tuesday. Uh, but this one has a bit of a special place in my heart because this was the first hundred pounder meeting I ever attended. And uh, at that point, I never thought I would be sharing. So um, how I actually got here, I guess, doesn't really matter in the sense that we all have this disease and you can't necessarily work out one reason. But just to give you a little bit of context about what January 2021 was like for me, um, I was in the middle of a mental health crisis. I was binging three to four times a day. I was walking less than 100 steps, basically bedroom, sofa, fridge, bedroom, toilet occasionally. Um, and I don't know what my starting weight was because I refused to get on the scales and the pair of scales that I did have didn't register my weight. Approximately though, I was around 29 stone or 400 pounds, 185 kilos, whatever particular measurement you're using. Um, and I come to you now as a hundred pounder who is still fat. So my most recent measurements, I'm now about 21 stone or 135 kilos or just under 300 pounds. But usually we have some really fantastic transformational journeys that people share here. Um, and although I uh, am a hundred pounder and I've got over a year of abstinence and I'll, I'll have a year in recovery in May, um, I'm still working on my physical and spiritual transformation and my emotional one, let's be honest. So I'm just going to talk to you about my experience so far and the things that I struggled with, um, because those are the things that once I kind of got the hang of them, they made everything much better for me. Um, and I know it might seem quite negative to be talking about all the things that I find difficult, but this program is without doubt one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. And it's not supposed to be easy. You know, if it's this or addiction, you know, it's not going to be an easy fix. Otherwise, we would have all worked it out years ago. This wouldn't exist and you lucky people wouldn't be here um, hoping to sieve some nuggets of wisdom out from my ramblings. So, yeah, so that's where I am. I'm still fat. Um, I don't have problems cleaning myself anymore, which is great. Uh, I can move about without hurting too much, which is also great. Still quite wary of chairs with arms. But as I said, it's a work in progress. So the four things I want to talk about today that I struggled with, still struggle with to a certain extent now, but that really helped me kind of get, get on in recovery are feelings, honesty, outreach, and acceptance. And they kind of all mix into each other. So first thing that I struggled with, my feelings. Now, I didn't realize that when I put the food down and got abstinent, that I would feel worse than I ever did when I was eating. That was a surprise and a shock to me. And I thought initially that I was doing program wrong. Um, and actually, it was that first level of understanding that I started to get from listening to people. 
I was going along to meetings. I was hearing all of this stuff, all of this knowledge from people. And my binging was worse than it has ever been. And I was like, why is this, what, like, why is this happening? I'm coming to OA to get better. And I'm eating through meetings with my camera off because I am a Zoom OA baby. And I've only ever been to a few in-person meetings. So I'd be there binging with my camera off, listening to these wonderful tales of experience, strength and hope. And I didn't realise at that point how close-knit and toxic the relationship between my feelings and food was. And basically, for me, any time I felt some sort of intense feeling, I needed to eat to deal with it. Now, that could be happy, sad, boredom, you know, lethargy, like any excuse, any strong feeling, I needed food to help me numb that out. And that was partly because that was the coping mechanism that I developed when I was very, very young. And well done me for being creative. But it wasn't something that was still working for me as an adult. Um, and putting the food down, that had been my coping mechanism. That's how I'd cope with the intensity of those feelings. And so suddenly feeling them on a daily basis was just awful. It was so overwhelming because I was crying at everything. And not just the bad things. I cried at a cloud because I thought it was so beautiful. People would just be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And I'd be like, fine. And they go, are you sure? And I'd be like, no. And I was joking at the time with people that, you know, my four-year-old nephew had more emotional resilience than I did. I was just completely overwhelmed by my feelings, like sort of being battered from all sides by it. The good news was is that the longer I stayed abstinent, the less intense that became and I started to work out where all those feelings were coming from and the reason all these feelings were coming up is because I was putting myself in situations that I didn't want to be in I have and still do have a real problem with people pleasing so I was constantly neg neglecting my own needs in favor of other people's once those feelings started coming to the forefront I started to see exactly what reaction my actions were having on me and I was able to kind of choose things in a better way. But that's something that even now with feelings that I'm still having to work on. And in early abstinence, and I tell this to kind of sponsors now a little bit, you cannot escape the discomfort. And that's what sucks so much about it. You have to choose your pain. You are either going to feel really crappy because you've just eaten loads and you feel like a failure and you feel like you're a terrible person and yada, yada, yada. Or you're going to feel terrible because you've not eaten and you've not had that, that relief. But either way, you're not going to feel better. And that was a really difficult thing for me to, to come to terms with. But you have to choose your pain in that. And even now, I'm still working on understanding what all my feelings are. Therapy is an excellent additional resource to help with that, by the way. I have to advocate for that. I've been a very, very helpful tool for me as well, outside of the OA tools. Um, and so dealing with feelings and realizing that actually I have to acknowledge the feelings that I have, no matter how upset I am by them or ashamed I am of them or whatever, I have to acknowledge what I'm feeling. Because if I try and shut off what I'm feeling or just push it down and ignore it, that is just going to drive me further back into the food. And once I get into that level of intensity, the food is the only solution for me. So prevention is how it works. If I never get to that level of intensity of feelings, then I'm never going to have to tip over that boundary. Second thing I really struggled with, but once I got the hang of it, things became much easier, was honesty. Now, it's the spiritual principle of step one for a reason. 
um, and being honest with other people, I was quite happy to admit that I lied and manipulated other people and I wasn't honest with them, especially when it came to my food. But I had no idea how much I deluded myself in thinking about that I could control my food, that it's all my fault, that if I just tried harder, I might be able to deal with it. And the reason I struggled so much with that, that level of honesty is because all of the absolute truths I believed about myself in terms of my relationship with food were wrong. And having to overcome literal decades of deeply held beliefs about myself, my relationship with other people, my relationship with food. Yeah, that's a lot. Oh, and by the way, obviously, with all the feelings continuing to overwhelm you around it. And it's, it's a real difficulty to try and get out of a mindset that you have had for your entire life. And that requires a huge amount of effort and it requires a huge amount of time. So if anyone is really still struggling with that idea of honesty, like not being honest with your sponsor, not being honest with yourself, yeah, you're trying to undo, undo decades of conditioning potentially. It will take time and you will struggle with it. And that's because it's a learned behavior and it doesn't magically un, you know, make itself better. Even now, my first impulse in certain situations is to lie. You know, I still struggle with that, that fear of judgment and wanting to make other people believe that I'm okay and that everything's fine. That's still a, that, a real habit. I've had less than a year in recovery. And as a result, this is still not my norm. You know, this is still not my habit compared to the previous three or decades or so, me using um, food to manage my emotions and life. So, so yeah, honesty, bit of a difficult one. And especially going, you know, with the thing of actually letting people know when you're not getting on okay. Um, I've struggled with that my entire life and has, has again, have sort of been brought up to believe that, no, don't show your feelings to people. It's fine. Just, you know, British, stiff up a lip. We can get through this type thing. And overcoming that, again, and being really honest with people about how I'm doing and finding that people seem to get strength through that and that it's not a weakness believed that was also a really difficult thing to actually um to, to work out so on to number three uh and this is outreach asking for help and this includes my higher power as well as my fellows you're all in the same category here you'll be pleased to know so i came into oa with a mix of hyper independence social anxiety and depression now that is a potent mix which makes wanting to talk to people really quite difficult um, and as a result when I came in I was very very suspicious of all the help that I was being offered people were like oh yeah call me anytime and I was like why what's in it for you I genuinely was very mistrusting of what appeared to be this level of unconditional love and support very very strange phenomenon to me and I was a bit kind of like okay well I don't quite see how talking to people is going to help thank you Bex but, you know, I'll have a go and I'll, I'll see how it works. Um, and what I found out is that talking to other people in OA, first of all, helped me feel better simply because it made me realise that I wasn't alone. And when I get inside my own head, that is when I am at my worst in terms of this disease, in terms of my mental health, in terms of just generally, to be honest. And... There is absolutely no other way that you get to mine and steal and use all of the collective wisdom that people in OA have got to offer 
unless you chat to them. And it, I really struggled with talking to people. I was very awkward about it. I was like, hi, so I'm Harriet. Like, we're both in OA. Not quite sure what else to say now. And then I, the more I did it, the easier it became. And I didn't want to do it, but my sponsor told me I had to. So I kind of just got on with it and then grumbled a lot about it. I did, you know, I was willing, but also not without an attitude. <laughs> um, and what that also helped me to realize is that there are so many different ways that you can work this program and work every single step and talking to people about their experiences, whether it's about their plan of eating, whether it's about what kind of meditation they do, what prayers they say when things are really stressful for them. Um, whether it's just about somebody who you connect to, because as well as being in a way, you also have something else in common, like, you know, a complex relationship with your parents, for example, or mental health issues or whatever it's going to be. It's finding these people who are helping, going to help you work your program, sometimes simply by just letting you complain about how difficult it is and being able to go, yeah, I know, I get it. And that to me was so powerful because I'd never spoken to anybody about my food and my eating, apart from a therapist, she doesn't count. But everybody in my life didn't seem to have these same problems. And so I was left feeling like this was a me thing and something that I was doing wrong. And finding, having that realization that actually there are thousands of millions of people out there from all over the globe who actually are having exactly the same kind of insane thoughts I am, the same struggles that I'm having, just really helped me to feel like, A, it wasn't my fault, and B, that I wasn't alone in going through this. And I didn't have to struggle to explain to them in the same way. Um, you know, and although we do focus on the commonalities, finding those hundred pounders as well, you know, to, to go, oh, God, yeah, you know, oh, I didn't sit in a seat today and it was awful. Or, you know, oh, God, summer's coming and it's just going to be Chase City. Talking to people who I didn't have to explain things to because they just got it was incredibly helpful for me. And even now that I'm in recovery, I still do outreach as a really strong part of my program because it stops me from, you know, retreating back into my mind. And I still need it now because it, even now, and again, I haven't been in recovery that long, the voice in my head telling me to do things sounds exactly the same, whether it's sending me a message of self-care or whether it's an addictive thought that's going to try and get me to eat. They sound exactly the same in my head. And so the only way that I can work out whether or not that's a good thing or not is to share it with someone else and just sort of go, hey, so I have this idea about changing my program. Does this sound good to you? and getting that sort of feedback. And actually, even today, about half an hour before uh, the meeting started, I was freaking out massively because of the whole aforementioned anxiety thing. Um, and I reached out to my fellows. I was just like, hi guys, I'm really stressing out. Can anyone give me some words of advice? And literally all of them were like, maybe chat to your HP about this. It still doesn't come naturally to me. But everybody was there and was like, yeah, have a chat with your higher power about this. Like, you know, she'll sort it out for you. My high power is female. Uh, and yeah, that was, that sometimes I need that reminder because when I'm all up in my head, even something that should be natural, it's naturally coming to me like now, doesn't always come across. So reaching out to other people, you know, 
is not something that comes naturally to me. It's still something that I do struggle with, but it's something I make myself do because I know that that keeps me on the straight and narrow. And you know what? I felt better, thanks, Bex, after speaking to people and having them just remind me, it's fine, show your story, see what happens, you know, put your ego aside. Very last thing that um, I struggled with is acceptance. So, you know, things like, why is everything not suddenly better now I'm in recovery? Why do I have to put in all this work when other people don't? Why does this work even though I don't understand it? Why is this person in my life being like this? Why can't I do this? I could do this last year. These are all things that I've said with various amounts of swearing to people in program, to my sponsors, to people in my life. And this is a journey, okay? And especially with me, I'm sort of a year in over just over a year into it now. And I've got at least another year of, of the physical recovery only longer than that in terms of my financial and emotional recovery and the rest of my life until I die of something else in terms of my spiritual recovery. Comparing yourself to other people, we tend to know that that's a bit of a bad idea, but comparing yourself you know, your present version of yourself with, you know, people from your past or what you want to be in the future, that's also not helpful either. And, you know, this idea that we are exactly where we need to be right now is sometimes a really difficult thing to accept. And I think as long as you can acknowledge those feelings and go, yeah, okay, that's fine. I can feel resentful about this. I can feel that this is unfair. I can feel that, you know, if only somebody had put the parenting in when I was younger, I wouldn't have to parent myself now as an adult. I can feel all of those things and acknowledge all of those feelings. But I also have to accept that regardless of how I feel about it, the facts don't change. Life will continue to carry on. And so accepting where I'm at and trying to look back positively on how far I've come is uh, you know one way of trying to get myself through those bad days you know and worst thing comes to the worst you can always phone someone up and complain about it get to bed and then it's going to be a new day afterwards so those are my four things that I've kind of struggled with the feelings the honesty the outreach and the acceptance I still do I'm a flawed human none of us are perfect perfection is unattainable has it been difficult absolutely but has it been worth it? Completely and utterly and without a doubt. My life has changed in some ways so much and in other ways not at all. But it's not just about the weight. And I know I wouldn't be here without this program. So if anybody is coming in and they're feeling despair, that's okay. Acknowledge those feelings and speak to someone about it. Thanks for letting me share. Uh, thank you so much, Harriet. Thank you for that wonderful uh, journey and share of experience, strength, and hope.